Hello? Hey, it's a four-way. Is everybody on? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Present. Oh my god, you're never gonna believe what I just heard. Bitch, we need to be in person for this one. I'm on my way. I'll grab the champagne. Perfect. See you guys in ten. This is a trigger warning for the beginning of this episode. We're going to be talking about mental illness, suicide, disorders, self-harm, just mental illness in general. So anything that's involved with that that could trigger you, please be aware that this is something that's going to be talked about during this episode. We won't be sad if you just click out of this one and go listen to the prisoner episode. Thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of... It's another Monday. More mimosas. Just how we like it. It's over the topics, baby. So to continue from last week's episode, um, towards the end, we were talking about like mental illness and things like that. So we decided um, for this week's episode, we would kind of like continue on that. Yeah. So we have a lot to say. A lot to be said. Where should we start, ladies? Well, a lot of whatever I'm about to say is just from what I've learned in school. So it's things that I've actually learned like as a psychology major. Mine's going to be biased opinions based on my own experiences. Same. Well, yeah, so, somewhat same. I have for no me formal as well. education. Yeah, I don't know issue. anything actually <laughs> it's about <okay>. anything. <laughs> Jess is like, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm here for entertainment, baby, not facts. <laughs> Call me Trump. I don't got any facts. <laughs> no facts. Oh, God. No. Madison's over there. Big facts. <laughs> She's like, actually, my textbook said on page 93. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, this this semester, I'm not doing so She hot. said, I can cite my resources. <laughs> I, I can. I have the textbooks, but. So where do, where should we even begin? Where it all begins. Um, let's childhood. Talk ch- oh. oh, God. Let's, oh. <laughs> we all got trauma from the childhood. Yeah. This is also going to be a personal yeah, podcast. When, when do you draw a line to really trauma trauma and people anything saying they have trauma and making big deal out of well it. no i think anyone I think anyone, anyone says is validated yeah anything you personally categorize as trauma and that's the the difference between our generations anna is i think <laughs> no truthfully i think more recent i think everyone their opinions, their feelings, their emotions are validated. Just because something to you might not be traumatic or something to you might not be depressing doesn't mean it can't be for someone else. Or it doesn't mean it can't be a trigger for someone else. And that's the whole point of you really have to be open-minded. and Your molehill is somebody else's mountain. Or also, I think that's why a lot of kids don't feel like they could talk about things because some of their parents are like, "Uh, just just wake up get over it yeah and like, like it's you're fine it's that simple yeah, guys, i was there for your childhood too it was fine let me tell you something if i told you my childhood i probably should be locked up in the psychiatric hospital yeah. i'm not even like i'm not exaggerating right at this moment i really yeah, don't but also some people just handle things differently because of how your brain's wired yeah biologically environmentally i think that's I have, like people I think who I have are very thick wires in my brain i mean that's like people who are (laughs) abused as kids could grow up and also abuse because they see that as normal or they absolutely would never do that because they know what it felt like and that just just depends on how you also from what i've seen like personally it just it just goes to show how people deal with like pain and trauma like someone who loses a parent you know they might immediately become a drug addict and now the rest of their life they're on drugs and they use that you know, that traumatic experience as an excuse 
And then someone who like me, like I lost my dad. I didn't turn to anything like that. It doesn't mean I wasn't not okay, but you know, people handle things differently Mm -hmm. and everyone has their own different path, which is okay. And addiction in itself is a mental illness. Yes. I was abused physically and mentally. No addictions, baby. Yeah. So it's, and then someone literally with, you know, a similar story to you, you know, they could have went down a different path. It's, it's, it's literally different, like person to person. Yeah. Right. Because everybody reacts and handles things differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure even like me and my sister obviously experienced v- literally the same thing because we grew up in the same household. And I'm sure we, you know, handled things differently, responded differently, you know, have different issues today. Mm-hmm. It's just. Have, yeah, you can have two people be in this experience or see the same story. Let's say two people see a car crash. You ask both of the people exactly what happened. They're going to give you different stories. Yeah. Because right. everyone sees things differently. Yeah, everybody's perspective is different. Mm-hmm. Which leads to your end result being different. Yes. And your mindset and how you view things. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a super positive person, you could experience something and, you know, walk away and look at the positive. Which and is be why okay. I feel like childhood is such a pertinent time to start t- teaching our youth how to better equip themselves to deal with mental illnesses that they may have or they may experience or they may feel, you know, through life because, and we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but it's sort of like one of those things where we just say, okay, well, we're not going to talk about that and we're just going to ignore that. And that's your personal issue and you deal with it on your own. And it's something that we put such a stigma on top of, especially when it comes to addictions aspect of it. We look at them as lesser or Mm -hmm. less important or less okay or less socially aware or like they're below us if we don't have addictions. Mm -hmm. And And it's just... A lot of families create those anxieties and depressions and all that stuff because they want to protect their children from the whole world and make their childhood so perfect. And I think that's the wrong approach because then that child is like raising bacteria-free child and then they go to the world and get sick all the time. And I think it's the same thing with mental illnesses. No, you can't tell your kid, oh my God, the world is perfect and I want your childhood to be perfect and I'm going to do everything for you so your child is perfect i think that there's a there's a happy medium somewhere there's also no perfect right right in general no but you're definitely right like i think that that's something that's should definitely we should start to move into the opposite direction in terms of we shouldn't hide the fact that it exists there's bad and there's good and there's things that lie in between those two ends of the spectrum and we want to paint such a happy picture because you want your kids to be happy and you want them to to flourish and you want them to have fun and be kids but there's there's a a middle ground there's somewhere between being truthful with them and letting them know how things are and that things exist and that you know there are things they need to know and be accepting of and understand and then there's also still letting them be kids and I think that those two things go hand in hand if they're done properly but right now the the world that we live in is so shh we're not going to we're not going to say that. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to that's that's not you. We're not worried about anything that doesn't affect you right in this exact moment. Not thinking about the fact that a kid who's 7 and in what? First, second grade 
is going to be a kid that's in middle school at mm-hmm. some point and going to deal with real life things. Now's the time that we instill in them that no matter how you feel, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we talk about and we're going to, I'm going to ask you how you are and I want you to be honest. I don't want you to say good. I want you to tell me how you feel. Mm-hmm. And we start from there and it's something that should be talked about in school. And guidance counselor is a position that has not properly been used up to this point I there were there were times where I don't think I I there were times where a guidance counselor was definitely needed in school and I don't I never saw mine ever I think I saw a like a news story it was so sad this little boy probably like second grade was getting bullied so he kept coming home like crying to his mom that he wanted to kill himself literally the fact that a little kid would want even knows what that even understands that that's that that's a way out yeah yeah that that or thinks that that's a way to escape somebody that's hurting his feelings or hurting him in any way and that's like there's he went from bullied Mm -hmm. not feeling right to i want to die yeah and there was no in-between time period like obviously something's not okay And I feel like, um, luckily, my high school had it because I know most schools just have, like, guidance counselors. I don't even think I had a guidance. I don't think we had anything. We had a nun who sat in office. God. (laughs) Lord, you needed public school. (laughs) But my high school, my high school, luckily, we had a guidance counselor who literally, you know, guided you through school and then helped you, you know, with college. And that's all he or she did. And then we had school-based youth services. And that was a school psychologist. Which, which is I think every... Great. Every school yes. should have at least two. So let's yep. start with Because guidance counselors are not licensed or trained or anything. No. To, they're not the end-all, be-all of, of the... They're not the answer to yeah, everything. Yeah, they don't like, even have the their answers. Their position is not, is not what what you it it turn you think it should unless be. unless whatever circumstance like if a school hires a guidance counselor who is trained and who is licensed right. to do so they then that's take different positions but it's, then it's i think it's very rare i and i also think that they shouldn't be required to do both i think that there should be like you said there should be a school like how my high school was yeah yeah so that they could focus strictly Just on, on the mental job. health and there should be there should be a ha- at least a handful of them mm-hmm. because think of how many kids most schools have. Oh yeah, at the school it was called school-based youth services and I it was like a separate part of the building and there was several train on that. I don't I disagree. I well, because you teachers, don't have a Teachers teachers have too much to do. You don't they want a, teachers to be yeah, trained my mom to do this already and already does. No. Teachers much. teachers yeah, do too does. much and still get no, underpaid. You guys still you guys do go to let teachers. me finish. They should be aware of the conditions that kids could have and what is allowed or not. I have a, a friend who has two children with Tourette's and she's suing a school for giving them hard time. Well, I think well, that's, yeah, just that's school. the school. There's that's not the teacher. My, yeah. my mom has a special ed class and each kid has their own aid. Like, I think it depends on your school and how much. And that's when a school psychologist comes into play. Literally, 
the parent, the teacher, all like the faculty members in the student lives meet with the school psychologist, and then they create a lesson plan and a plan for education. education is different, its own really degree in because itself. my kid has the reds, and I send them papers to, uh, from neurologist diagnosing him with it, and I can't get conversation between one class and the next one so the next teacher knows he has well, that's the, the that's, that's the school, the school. Year. so how many schools because my girlfriend's kids don't go to the same school well, district you should see and if they your son's school Michigan. has a school sky t- so how many schools they are out there who can't even communicate about the child condition but i th- no i get what you're saying and i think that's a lot of the reason why they got to stop taking funding well away they from have schools. to they have to be able schools have to communicate is the thing is teacher teacher to teacher communication has to be key and that's where that issue that's comes any into job play. too right well. communication is so means so much because especially when it comes kid to is not abnormal and he doesn't have learning disabilities he doesn't have adhd and even if he did he thing. deserves an equal opportunity at the same education exactly. that every other kid has it, regardless law, absolutely absolutely so their communication is definitely needs to step so up there's a lot of schools like that and right there's their true problem you're talking about counselors that got, uh, and here's the problem with that is because funding. the teachers are too underpaid and they start to lose the the ability to give as much as they possibly can as much as they did it first like, and at one point out. even during covid i because my mom was teaching from home so she would be virtually teaching and i would hear i would hear everything mm-hmm. it was so annoying because i'd be so quiet in the house but she had where she every day she would be online from a certain hour to a certain hour for like if kids needed help for their homework mm-hmm. and this one kid popped up and he hadn't been doing any work like she was like oh my god like nice to see you like are you okay like how have you been whatever and he was telling her how he was so depressed because he wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I think he lived with his grandma because his parents weren't around. And, like, he really just, like, wanted to kill himself. So she had to sit the rest of that time and, like... Like, he needed a resource. Exactly. He needed someone to reach out and to. Your mom, yeah. To talk. Untrained and just and doing I, I, was sta- I stood teacher. there frozen in the kitchen when I heard that. I was so like, this is a woman oh who's God. a teacher... Who didn't really take on this role or responsibility, Who now but has is. this pressure of... Mm-hmm. of of mo- of helping him with he, a with a mental illness because he lived just with his grandmother and couldn't see anybody outside of school or not right. school. I couldn't see anybody outside because we were locked down at that point. And that's where resources need to come into play, yeah. and that's where we need to refund our schools entirely, and, and teachers need to be paid, paid more. Yeah, say, we need to hire more staff because there should be school psychologists in. Every, every school. single school from elementary on up because even kids that are five and under experience emotions and they're they're people too mm-hmm. they have things and they have lives and they have traumas and they have yeah, families that might not be the most stable help with learning disabilities absolutely also, so. and diagnosing them extremely young and finding the correct path for them going forward could be life-changing and that's like so important there's literally i know my cousin herself literally went through school her entire school career until high school without even knowing what she had wrong because they couldn't there was no time to figure it out and it's no child left behind so she pushes along and she pushes along and she's still struggling to read at a sixth grade level as a freshman in high school 
because they just keep pushing you along and there's no break Mm -hmm. to say, okay, like, let's figure this out for you specifically because they're worried about the herd just being pushed forward. And that's again, coming down to money. A certain amount of students don't get through this in in this amount of time. They don't get as much money. Money. Yeah. And that's literally what it comes down to. But it's also a fine line when you want to make your kid a tougher one and say, live with it. There's worse situations and situations when you want to protect your kid. My kid looks for sympathy to feel sorry for him because he has the rats. And I say, look, there's worse scenarios. And But if somebody tried to bully him, I definitely wouldn't allow it because that's just crossing the line. There should be more awareness and understanding about that. But on the other hand, I don't want to feel bring him the whole world to his knees because he has Tourette's and he has to feel special. Like, it has to be a balance there because then everybody is going to be disabled and everybody going to need help. I, I see I see that to an extent. I do think that, I think like, it's hard for us because we don't have children, though. Right, we don't. And I, I think that it's... But I do think that there's a... He should know that when he has a specific struggle, too... It's not his fault. It's... Right, and that... You know, sometimes he might need a little bit of extra this or that, or somebody who has a different disability might need extra attention on this. And also, it depends on the child. Like, right, it truly does. And obviously, as a and mom, severity you probably of, know him best though, of so. different things. You know, absolutely. So I think that it's all just it's all personal, and that's why I think it's. Oh my so god! Important. Like, if that was me, Anna, that would because I'm sensitive. That would really hurt my feelings. <laughs> what? If like, I said, if suck it up. Yes. He's sensitive too, but I don't want him to concentrate on his disabilities. I want him to concentrate on the stuff that is good in him because, hey, we all have something. We have to live with it. So I told him worst scenarios, and that's why you have to concentrate sometimes on that. You know, there's people who have an issue with heart. There's children who don't have limbs. There's children. So you have to think about that. There's somebody else there who has worse than you, so live with it. Because you can't just bring the whole world feeling sorry for you. And that's basically what he was looking for. Sympathy. There's other kids with Tourette's. Just the fact that he doesn't see them in his school doesn't mean they don't exist. And I But that's him, sad, though, because he might he probably feels isolated and different, though, in school, though. No, no, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. And you don't I think, think kids, like, pick on him, like, behind his back? He's too big to be picked on. I think they secretly are scared of him. Well, good. <laughs> I think it also depends on what you're talking about because, like, I it because you're talking about Tourette's, which is one thing. But if you're talking about like depression, people can be like, "Oh, I have all these things. Like, why am I still so upset? Like, people have like, it so much worse yeah. than me, which will make you feel even worse about feeling bad about why you feel bad in the first right. place. That's Just because so somebody important. has something that's worse than you doesn't mean doesn't make what you have not That's why it's so valid. important something. to always yeah, validate yeah. your feelings. It that's doesn't matter right. what you're feeling. So as long as well, everything has a different approach. Right. It depends on There's the a different and there and different circumstances. Like like you said, like you, you don't can, want him to feel like the whole can, world needs to bow in front of and him. And if he feels good about himself sympathy, in focusing general, on something else positive and not yeah. focusing on the Tourette's then that's good too because then he feels more comfortable as himself and I also think that you can recognize and realize that yeah people have it worse than you but that doesn't mean that you need to suppress your own feelings about something and right and not like validate your feelings you can acknowledge that somebody else has a worse situation and still feel okay and with feel the fact so, like, that you don't shit, feel yeah. okay about something yeah it's like if somebody has an anorexia for instance an eating disorder just because they're not 
so bad to the point where now they're on a feeding tube doesn't mean that they don't have anorexia. Yeah, it doesn't mean or they're that eating it's not disorders. something that they're yeah. valid with and yeah. they, they still need something. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's definitely, there's different scenarios that different things are definitely needed. But that's why I think it's so important that every child's experience in school is personalized to them, which mm-hmm. is why they do need more money and they do need more staff and they do need more resources available for kids of all ages. Mm-hmm in every way so that you know and and sometimes truly sometimes they can have the best at home life imaginable they still need someone to talk to that's not somebody at home yeah and there's still things that they're not going to want to say to their mom or their dad or their parent or guardian or whatever that there should be someone available for them to talk to and that's why like that's why i think mental health has such is still so taboo because like they don't have that and you don't have that all the way through unless you happen to be a school that's lucky enough to have somebody like a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. which is they're few and far between. Mm-hmm. Like your school is the odd man out in terms of the resources, which is it's awesome, but all of them should have it and they should have more. Yeah. And for every hundred kids in the school, there should be somebody that they can reach out to because then you think about that one person okay every school hired one school psychologist now they have 1800 kids to worry about and some people going to school isn't an escape because their home lives are so bad right that was me i was oh i thought you meant your kid i was like no (laughs) (laughs) my my kid would rather stay at home than go to school no that was me yeah because like i've heard my mom being a teacher i've heard some stories about people's home lives and it's it's not okay. So especially now with COVID, people who are learning, they're stuck. They're just stuck and in that city. That's what I feel so bad about situation. because I'm always so like close-minded with quarantine. And I'm like, oh, I love it. I love staying home. But then I think about like the people, like children, and then also like you know normal like grown adults or whatever with mental illnesses or living in like a toxic environment, even with like a significant other or something. And I'm just like. I, that, I just can't even imagine. Like, that must be so hard. Or even if they didn't already have a mental illness, if they mm-hmm. are stressed now about paying their bills because they lost a job, right. that itself They is might be experiencing be... something they've never experienced before. And then it, it makes them feel a way they've never felt and they yeah. don't know how to deal with it, which is, again, resources. We need resources. We need money in this country dedicated to mental awareness and mental health and mental illness in general so that people have fucking resources mm-hmm. because there is not everybody has access to a, a perfect amazing therapist that they like that gives them the perfect medication the first time around and they can buy it every month that's not accessible for a lot of people so it's like we need something and we need it quickly <laughs> or it's just gonna we're just gonna keep declining in terms of of mental health and I think that that's scary because it's Mm -hmm. like such we all we all have a brain we need to keep it in the best we literally live in there forever Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes (laughs) people too like like if people grow up undiagnosed or untaking care of their mental illness let's use an eating disorder as an example they grow up to be a parent they could then pass down some of their traits into not even meaning to yeah yeah Speaking from experience, my mom was very anarchic, and I feel like some of her little traits rubbed off. That she probably you see her does as a kid doing certain things, and you're like, "Oh, oh. like that's normal." Blah yeah. blah, that's normal. Or even just the way I feel like just the way you talk to your kids is is such a important thing too. Like the nitpicking at 
you know, certain things that they wear, what they look like, or how they express themselves in different ways. I but feel you like have to also remember that parents are and pe- there are people too, and they are not perfect. And oh, absolutely. Th- the hardest job probably to do is raise a kid and and you know make them the normal, healthy human being because we have experiences and we have bad days and good days, and we tired, and you know it's. And that's all valid. And we are parents. Too. We don't go to psychologist classes how to raise a child. You know, you try to do your, you just best, do your best, but you yeah. are human, so you make mistakes too. Even, you know, you don't want to. You want to give them a healthy environment, but it's almost impossible. Nobody, yeah, nobody's perfect, and I don't think there's any like there's no direct right way to do something. There are just some things that you sh- aren't good to do. There, there are things that just from an experience of, of having a parent, I'm not a parent. I don't plan on ever being a parent. Uh, <laughs> She's like, just to make that clear. <laughs> but just from having one, I know there are things that she said to me my entire life that I still think about to this day mm-hmm. that I think impacted me in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. And there, and there are things that I even, I even told her that I didn't like that she did and she mm-hmm. continued to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where communication comes in again. No, a parent is not always going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. The child's going to make mistakes and the parents need to respect that as well. Sometimes the dishes won't be done. You don't need to scream for 30 hours about it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be things where you need to compromise mm-hmm. and there's going to be things where a parent has to step up and put their foot down and there's going to be things where a child needs to be listened to. And then there's there's a million different things that go on, but I think that it has to be a two-way street. A child has to be willing to listen and learn, but they also have to be able to speak and be heard. And a lot of parents think, I should not have to hear you. I'm the adult. I make the decisions. And that's not fair. And that's not right. And that's telling them that their voice doesn't matter until they're a specific age or only to specific people. Never to your parent does your voice matter. That's... Mm-hmm. That's not right. That your See, parent should parent, be the person you can gonna, talk to. As a parent, even before you become a parent, no, when you become a parent, that's when you kind of start seeing things differently. Because I was there too. I felt like, oh, that's what my mom went wrong. That's what she did to me. And it was a blame. And how did that affect me? When you become a parent, you start thinking differently and you're not seeing anymore what affected your life. You're kind of maturing and now you're raising your child and now you're seeing why your parent did that but and how that are happened. Are there certain things that your parents did that before you had children, you said, oh, I would never do that. Like, I'm going to be different in these aspect, aspects. You and always you did it. said that. Yeah, you so, you, so that. did you do that with your children? Like, no, you did certain things? I'm a different person than my mom. I have different education. I experienced different things. So I didn't do certain things that my mom did. But I also, at that stage in my life, I don't blame her for anything. I understand what happened. I understand how she reacted to certain things the way she did. And no disrespect, Savannah, but at certain time in your life, I think the children shouldn't live with their parents because there's... um, your grown-up part at that point and you have your point of views and you want to be heard but your parent always going to feel well, as i'm talking parent. about as a child like i had things that she said to me that are not not even necessarily now 
Because like you said, like, I think there's a certain age where you get to. You learn that they're a person too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, and I think that there is an age where you have to distance yourself from your parent and your relationship becomes better because of it. Yeah. But there are certain things that just aren't, you just shouldn't do parent or not parent to like a person. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's say we're friends and we're out to eat and you're like, oh, you're going to eat all of that. Or, oh, you're going to do that. Like, that's just certain things you just wouldn't do. Right. And I totally understand. But sometimes when you do stuff like that, you look at it from the perspective. Like, you know, my kid is on a bigger side and I would never call him chubber in front of him because I don't want him to feel bad about it. But I want to, I do want to tell him you shouldn't eat this or that because that will affect your health because I want you to grow up. So sometimes the parents don't think about hurting their children's feelings. They think about how can I prevent for them being unhealthier, but if he, up unhealthy. But if he came to you, say, you know, you said something to him and he came to you and he said, you know, mom, the when you said that, like that hurt my feelings, can you not say that again? You would want to respect that, wouldn't you? I would because... Right. That's what I mean. If there's something that you say that negatively impacts their emotions or their well-being and they ex- they should be able to feel like they can express that to you and you should and they should feel like you can take that into account. Like I, I feel, feel like they should even feel being like, able to express that is huge. Right. Like if they're able to talk to you they, he, about how I, I, like that's good. I can't talk to my mom about any feel. <laughs> my mom is literally the most Let me not completely talk bad about my mother love you mom but my mom on the spectrum of like emotions for me i'm all the way up here my mom all the way down here yeah but so, that's probably how my daughter feels about me but but that just that's i don't i don't think that's a good relationship because now i don't feel comfortable to talk to my mom right well i'm totally different person than my daughter and she doesn't feel totally not comfortable talking to me at all. I don't accept a lot of things about her, but I don't point it out to her anymore because I just don't want to fight with her. But she's at the point when she makes sure the visits are short enough that she doesn't pick up fights with me. And she just have to go through that stage in her life. Like, I totally get it because I was there at some point with my mom. But I am capable of apologizing to my child no matter how old they are. If and they I think actually... that's that's a big step. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like you, you learn from the things that you do in in real time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is important. I, I apologize many times to my eight-year-old because he come up to me and says, said something. Right. You know? That's great. And I apologize to my daughter for feeling the way she does about what happened in the past. But it's like... She doesn't want to hear it. She just want to blame everybody for everything and her, her quote unquote disabilities in life. But it's just that's the stepstone right. in her life. That's probably her to... not even being able to come to terms with how, like her own inward emotions at that point. Yeah, too. and at least you guys talk about it. Like, I f- well, I love my mom as well. But... Me and Jess are like, <laughs> love you, mom, but the you only thing, <laughs> like, I feel like if I told her something, she's always like, oh, you know, you could talk to me. But if I ever do tell her something, she's very like, oh my God, I failed as a mother. It's all my fault. Like, it's n- that's not what I said. Like, it always gets turned into me trying to blame her for how I feel. Or like something. sometimes you just want somebody to talk to. Exactly. Like, she always turns it so that I end up feeling guilty about and for now having like, an well, emotion or yeah, now you're like something. well i'm never going to tell you that again exactly. like I don't sometimes things feeling. are going to go wrong in life 
Yeah. And like your I'm parent not should you. be somebody I'm, that you can go to to talk about them. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're saying this is your fault for doing this. It's, no, it's just you want to. That's how you're feeling. Right. No, that's what I get. It's always my fault. <laughs> oh my god. See, but like if she's not, See, if she wasn't why? approaching it that way, like if she was just saying, oh, like. I don't know, like, my life's just not going, it's not your fault, it's just that's how I feel this week. You wouldn't go, oh my god, it's, my, like, you're doing this because I of me, or blah, 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 like. I feel like you're more understanding yeah, than you're, that, like, you would approach it from a better angle than that. Like, you would be willing to listen if she wasn't coming at you on, like, complete offense. Like, I feel like. No, we had those conversations when she was saying, oh, I feel terrible, you know, because she has depressions too. And um, I tell her like, well, you should do this and that. I know how you feel. I went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. We had good conversations, but there's less and less of them because right. she's at the point where like, oh, you're criticizing me for this. And I don't even say anything mm, yeah. anymore because even if I don't say nothing, she says, you look at me wrong. Yeah, I also think she's she's a kid too. She needs to grow. She's going to still grow as a person and realize things about herself and yeah. how she's acting that aren't always like the best but I think as long as you're like communicating properly about it it's just gonna like help the situation instead of making it worse or distance you both mm-hmm. so as long as you're like communicating about it in the right way which clearly she's not able to do that yet you'll get to that point eventually together mm-hmm. I just think that's not like certain people you just need to cut out of your life not you. I'm talking about my own father. Hello. <laughs> Me. Hello, daddy. Me. Yeah, it's because like some things you can't Raise like, your hand if forgive. you have daddy issues. <laughs> or daddy issues. I feel like I'm the complete opposite of daddy issues. I feel like I have to put her on pause at that point in her life because mm-hmm. I would go crazy and I have a lot of on my plate as well. Yeah, like you're both so, people. So, and that's where, that's where, you know, a parent being a person comes into play. Like you don't, you don't have all your time to dedicate to figuring it out you know you have a lot you have a whole life you know it's also like I want her half in my life but I'm not for a reason of her coming over and fighting with me or throwing things in my face like dude I have issues I told you I apologize I explained what was going on you can't move on well I guess we can't and she probably needs to see a therapist Mm -hmm. And like, because she probably needs to talk to to somebody dwelling on the same situation. She hasn't emotionally, mentally gotten over it. It's like she probably needs to talk to somebody about you. That's not you. My mom who loves her to pieces and she was throwing in her face that she forced her to go to church and that put a crease on her life and she hates church. And my mom just said nothing to her. And they move on and she fed her and everything was fine. So she said to my mom said to me, you probably attack her. I said, oh, I'm far away from attacking her because Mm -hmm. she would leave crying and never come back for three months. You know what I mean? But sometimes that doesn't stop her from leaving and crying because she literally will have a whole fight without me even saying anything. Mm -hmm. But also it's it might be different from her point of view. Oh, totally. Yeah. She could see my face expression. She says, yeah, you call me names and everything. And I didn't. So I asked her with the wrong tone of voice. And Mm -hmm. here goes the fight. So it's like I'm tiptoeing around my 23-year-old daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And she said she has no interest in having children. So I don't know if that relationship ever going to get repaired. (laughs) What, your relationship with her? Yeah. 
Because she doesn't want kids? Well, not because she doesn't want to have children, but because when you have children, you start looking at things differently. Like literally, because you become, parent, you become a parent. You become a parent. and you close minded my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> now you become a parent and a lot of things in your mind, your views change because mm-hmm. you realize how hard it is. You realize like you have no control over certain things, why your mother did certain things that you didn't understand before, even that you tried so hard. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard to explain. And I know like you say, oh, when you mature, Maturity has a lot to do with experiencing parenthood to be able to understand your parents, basically. I I get what you're saying. I do too. But I also view it as like, there are things that parents do that even, I don't know how to explain it, but like, there's just things that you don't. There are things that I think that you wouldn't even want to say to somebody that you're not the parent of. Yeah, like, so, or things that and I... And I think they think, like, you think you're coming from a good spot or you've convinced yourself that you're coming from a good spot, but then it, it's just, it's definitely toxic. Yeah, so it's I don't like, know it's how a to very explain weird, what I'm trying I know to say. what you mean, because it's like, it's there are not, things that are... Yeah, like, everyone can raise done. their kid different and it not be good, not be bad. It just, that's, that's how it they raise their kid. How it like, is. it is, yeah. that's what it is. But there's things that you wouldn't even do if it if you were a parent or not a parent to a child in general, like if you just had a child in the room and you weren't there the parent. There are things that you wouldn't say to the kid, whether you were their yeah. parent or their, or you weren't. And I think that there's, I don't know. I just, I feel like there are Or even also, if a parent does say certain things, I think being a parent, you also have to, you know, be the bigger person and then own up to it and apologize right. and, or like, like and respect like whatever Anna said, they're you're gonna make mistakes you're just a person yeah. and you're just trying your best you're there's no playbook there's no right or wrong answer to every question there's mm-hmm. gonna be things that you do wrong yeah. but it's going to also be learning as you go and understanding that okay like what i said today out of my tiredness or my anger or my frustration mm-hmm. might not have been the best thing. So let me not try and not do that tomorrow. Yeah, like nobody's responsible for anybody else's happiness in life. But like as a parent, I think the only thing you are responsible for is like to a certain age is a roof over their head, like fed and safe. Like you don't have to make that like people should make themselves happy, I think. But if you're doing things to the kid that they're clear they don't feel safe or they're yeah let's also remember that there's literally family therapy for a reason right (laughs) like everyone's responsible for certain things and they need to work on things together so right i definitely feel like uh i'm better parent to my second child because i experienced my first one but i don't know if that's not tied up to the fact that my first one was very different than me and my second one is many me so i understand him Mm -hmm. better even that he's a boy you know what i mean like I feel like I should have him first and her second because See, I will be more aware. See, that's the opposite. Aware. I'm the second <laughs> and we don't get along. Are you opposite or are you similar? Oh, we're we're literally the complete opposite. Yeah, and then her and Tori. Oh my God, they could. But at least you guys can talk <laughs> to each other. Like, it's not like she wrote you off and moved a different state and never wants to speak to you again. Like, that's, you're still having a relationship. Barely. But it's still there. Like, as long as there is a even a little connection there's still a connection and there's always room for you to improve yeah as time goes on and she gets older i 
hope so. I mean, of course, I love her and I miss her all the time. And yeah. I wish we had better relationship. We are totally different. We still enjoy few little things, you know. I think that's the big thing with like nature versus nurture. Like why we do some of the things we do. Like I always wonder if, I don't know, if you took twins and you put them in completely different households. I don't even know because twins are still different people. Like, is their situation make them the person that they that they are? Like, or like is their it environment? Born that way? Like, I wonder sometimes if things that have happened is the reason I do this, or if it that's just me. It's yeah. both. Like extrovert yeah, versus introvert. Like, both. are people? It's both. You're born with certain traits and you acquire certain things. But do you ever wonder race. if the things that you do are because that's who you are, or if that's things you've learned something you've learned yeah like do you ever wonder that with certain things it's definitely both because i know yeah it's both and it depends on like certain things like how we were talking about earlier how some people have like the personality traits Mm -hmm. and yeah and then it's like that environment and then the things that happen Mm -hmm. to you kind of mold you Mm -hmm. and then create you know who you are I definitely yeah. was born with OCD because I wish I didn't have it. Oh, yeah. bitch, me too. Since it, I, life I literally would be so much easier, and my daughter wouldn't hate me as much because I used to fight over mess in her room all the time. That that's another trauma for her. I have mild OCD. I have mild. it at work. At oh, work, I'm I like, um, I have not yet been diagnosed, but I'm diagnosing myself. I 100 percent have OCD just because I have to go over things millions and millions and millions of times in my head. And it's like, I can't even explain in words. Like if I'm doing my homework, I will literally, I'll look at my planner mm-hmm. and I'll be like, and I highlighted everything. I'm like, okay, I did it. I cl- I close my planner and I'm like, okay, I'm done for the day. You have to relook at it. Oh, my mind is Me like, too. I do no, that with my alarm look. clock at mm-hmm. night. I look at it five times before I actually believe myself that I set it for the right but time. But I have to, I literally have to keep doing it to the point where now I'm getting anxious and now I'm like getting aggravated at myself because I'm like, what is wrong with you? You uh-huh. dumb bitch. You literally just saw you did all your homework and now I'm like, nope. I have Let to, me just double check. I'm like, nope. Now I'm looking at my planner. Everything's highlighted. Now I have to log on to my computer and pull up all of my over, my weekly overviews for all of my classes and make sure that I even wrote down everything correctly in my planner. And now it's like this never ending cycle in my head where I'm never at ease. That's, that's, that's my story. Yeah. Same thing with me. I remember, um, when I was a manager coming back from work, I would relive the whole day to make sure I did everything. And if I didn't, I would grab a phone if I forgot something and call work. So they would do it. And it may not be even a major thing, but it's just, it would bother me. Mm-hmm. So it's not easy. I wasn't diagnosed either, but I can tell I have it. Bitch, I need better I health insurance so I can be. You were diagnosed. <laughs> yes, with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my God, you want to hear? I wasn't, I don't want to say I was actually diagnosed because she was just my primary doctor, but I didn't find out about this until actually this year and I was quite upset so um, I had this app for my doctor where I can literally log in and see all of my health records everything and there's this section of the app where you can literally see like almost everything that your doctor like ever like inputted 
this mother, like this bitch, she literally in 2016, I could literally pull it up right now. She diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder and never told me. <laughs> I literally, I you just said blink, blink. Yes. Yeah. I, they can't see me, but I'm like in awe because I just saw that this year that she put that in my notes. And I'm like, oh, great. So all of my doctors are like, wow this anxious bitch and no one wanted to tell me i don't appreciate the fact that they never rechecked in on me or made sure that i was getting the help that i needed yeah because i never did see a if therapist you don't have or psychologist physical, um experiences with anxiety like issues with the breathing and stuff like that they i don't think they have to they have to tell you because sometimes when you have the knowledge of it you could influence yourself to make a progress where it's worse because like my eight-year-old asked me what anxiety is and he has a lot of anxiety with a lot of things and i explained it to him and he asked me if he has anxiety and i said no you just worried like everybody else. That's normal. That's because I don't though. want him to think that he has anxiety and like, oh my God, maybe I need to get medication or this or that. I don't like, think that's good, Anna. No, I don't think that's, I think that's good because that you make, you make him think that it's, no, because if, to if, know if he, he knows, does have anxiety yes. that there's options and there's things that like he's he's okay he's good he's okay he and can, so at everything's least it's so important to put eight. a name to the diagnosis because then it takes all the power away once you literally name it and you say okay it's anxiety now it's no longer taking over you know your life your body and that's for any mental illness right naming it and owning up to it is taking the power away but that's the most important thing remember i'm not a doctor and a lot of things that happens to him is also his Tourette's. so i don't know if it's anxiety for sure or if it's his yeah Tourette's if, that if you definitely if behavior. you don't know for sure then i feel like it's more of a and he's only eight you don't know yeah and right. things that he feels right now could be you know just different things that eight-year-olds experience it's not necessarily yeah. something that he's going to have or feel forever right and for but him, it also could and it for, could get worse could. for right. him the fact that he comes to me confine himself and i assure him everything is going to be okay for right yeah. now is good enough right because he talks as it long out, as he, he knows that loud okay like if when he does feel that way he can come to you and say mom i don't feel right you know and then you can go right. from there and yeah. as he gets older he can let you know even more too like I'm still not feeling right. Then you know, okay, maybe it is something. Maybe I need to take him to the doctor right. because you don't want to put in his head, you have anxiety. And then he labels himself and believes in that. And from there, the ball starts rolling and he really gets the anxiety because somebody told him he has it. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's that. I'm the complete opposite. I, don't I feel think like it works somebody, like that. When people tell, oh, I have a vendetta against doctors <laughs> for fucking sure. I hate going to the doctors and them. For instance, my stomach. I have stomach problems. <laughs> we, we know. Well, I know. I go to the doc. It. I was going to this doctor for like two years, I think, to the same stomach doctor, and he kept just telling me, "You're just anxious. It's anxiety. You're just anxious." And I'm like, "Bro, I know something else. Is like wrong. you're you're not helping me." And so I went to a different doctor recently, and no, there's something wrong. But I feel like doctors are also so it's hard to get a real diagnosis with certain things because doctors are so quick to throw different like umbrella terms out there. Illnesses guys, out. that are don't 
trust everything your doctor says. No, I never because do. Oh, fuck by doctors. I they try to tell me one. Th- no, don't even I get me started. I had a friend. When you're young, sometimes no. you believe because you feel Not somebody. Me. in no, literally the opposite. No, somebody I don't believe in doctors. position who went to school for so many years and have experience, they have to know. Not necessary because ju- they are just people like us and they passed their school with mm-hmm. A or C, but they still passed it. So you always want to reach out and see somebody else's opinion. Even mm-hmm. if you love that doctor, trust them, trust your own guts. My mom's the same way. I'll tell her something. Like, I'll have a broken ankle. Walk it off. You just oh. need to walk more. <laughs> Bitch! Wait, wait. Bitch! Please listen. I had mono. Oh, what grade was that? Oh, it was in high school. I forget what grade, but I had mono in high school. I had it for months. Not one month, not two months. Probably a good five, six months. Um, I was 80 pounds. My mom thought I was anorexic, okay? <laughs> and I told her, Mom, I am not anorexic. Something does not feel right. I literally, I'm, I'm tired all the time. I can't eat. I'm nauseous. I was throwing up. How you catch that? I, I could use that. <laughs> shut up it was not fun <laughs> but my mom literally oh, was like she would make dinner i'm like bitch i, I literally feel I like i'm eat. gonna throw up yeah long behold i went to the doctors i had mono for six months my liver was um inflamed they said i could have died they've never seen white blood cells as high as i had and they were like uh, yeah if you went on like this for a few more months you would probably be hospitalized and in a coma I said, fuck you, mom. Next time I tell you something's wrong, listen. Believe me. Yes. (laughs) Like, I feel like you just know your body and you know when something's off. And I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't purposely doing anything to my own body. It was like Communication is key. Yeah. And I told my mom literally every goddamn day. She'd be like, I don't feel right. She'd be like, you're fine. She'd be like, ah, eat some toast. I'm like, toast isn't going to (laughs) help. God. So now literally whenever something's wrong with me and she's like, you're fine. I literally am like, mom, remember when I had mono? <laughs> She's like, oh my God. Okay, fine. Go to the doctors. And literally when I go to the doctors, guess what? Something's wrong with me. If you tune with your own body, you will know. Like, oh, you know. I, oh, bitch. Me and my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't, PFFs. They can't see, but. Inseparable. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm crossing the opposite. my fingers together. If my child. If I see she's being sick, throwing up, super skinny, I'm like, did you do blood work? Did you see a doctor? Did you do this? But I also have a medical background, so it's a different approach, too, you know? Yeah, my mom. More, more information. I think my mom's also the type where, like, she doesn't want anything to ever be a big deal, so then she tries to sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you're fine. Oh, it's probably nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping oh. that it's nothing. <laughs> Literally. Your arm's falling off. You're fine. You're fine. It'll grow back. It'll grow back. We'll put that back on. You're a starfish. It'll grow back. And that, like, don't get me wrong. I know I'm a tad bit dramatic. (laughs) I'll I'll own up to that. But I'm dramatic about truthful things that are happening. Okay, so. (laughs) But I also do. Getting back to the mental um, disorders, um, I feel like a lot of people now also throw terms around very easily. Yes, like. 
people yeah. will be like, oh, I'm just anxious. I just have anxiety. Oh, yeah. And people who say, like, not everyone who actually says that has it. So not everybody who actually has it gets taken seriously. The amount of people That's that the problem. you see mm-hmm. the, on Twitter and Instagram and say they, they disassociate. Oh, my God. Oh. You don't even know what you're talking about. You do about. not even understand what don't that means. Know what you're talking yes, about. you know what that word means. It's uh, like, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just so bipolar. I just feel off today. Like, no, you're no, not. That's not how it works. So people, when they actually say, I think something's wrong, they think you're just being like one of everybody else. You're exaggerating. You know, mm-hmm. actually, when Which people are depressed and suicidal, they're usually the ones they're that They're not going to tell you. Gonna, yeah, they don't no. talk about they're it. They're not going to share. Someone who's anxious isn't going to walk around. <laughs> My anxiety. Right. Like, yeah. and I don't mean to say that in like a rude way. Me mimicking people. What other mental... What other... Should we talk about eating disorders? Yeah, we can. I just um recently learned about that. Oh, we <laughs> got educated I have some knowledge. on the table. <laughs> Actually, eating disorders are one of the most difficult um, mental illnesses to treat. I learned from a therapist that nine times out of ten, people who have eating disorders also have OCD. And anxiety. Why it never happened to me? I never had eating disorders. You have to have the eating disorder first because the eating disorder is all about control. One and eating disorder. I'm kidding. Because eating disorders are all about like control. So a lot of people who have eating disorders have OCD because that's another control. Well, my daughter calls. And a lot of people have depression, have anxiety too. It's like they they go hand in hand. It's called it's a comorbid mental illness. Meaning usually when you have an eating disorder, yeah. It's comorbid, so you have usually something else. Yeah. And that's, I think even um, OCD is the same way. Usually if you have OCD, you usually have anxiety mm-hmm. because the OCD literally gives you anxiety. But I find out what else I have it. What? Which I didn't even know. It's like, oh my it's God, a, guess what else yeah. I have? Which I didn't even know it's a condition. But I would get in a lot of fights as a kid with like my brother and my parents I hate when somebody makes noises when they are eating. It's a phobia. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. My mom has that. She literally, if I, she hears me chewing from yeah. the other room, she goes, shut up. <laughs> I Chew with your mouth closed. I'm like, I am. It feels awful to me. Like my children learn really quick how to eat with their mouth closed because it just, it drives mm-hmm. me insane when I hear my I wonder if up. I have any cool phobias. It's not cool. It's terrible. <laughs> no, my I aunt know. hates, um, like sucking your teeth yes. yes. and she hates sniffing. If you, God forbid you had a cold in her house, if you had a cold, <laughs> she would tell you to go in the other room to blow your nose if you sniffed once. I don't like sniffing. I don't like uh, uh, throat clearing. And guess what? I got punished. I have a kid with Tourette's who does all that stuff. <laughs> it's like God was like, let me yeah. spice your life up. I feel like, you know what? <laughs> so Anna, why would he you. give me that phobia? Yeah, like literally. He wants you to learn to control it better and I to be more understanding. He wants you to be love. understanding. I, got, I just got AirPods. It's <laughs> 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 terrible. The noise cancellation. Yeah. Oh, God. That's it. Anna walks around with earplugs in. Somebody called. What? What? <laughs> oh, God. I also have headphones for television. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, mental disorder blows my mind. Is it? Is it multiple personalities? Is that yeah. the correct term? No, it's disassociated. Because there's a girl on YouTube that I used to watch. It's so interesting to watch. Um, I think it's she, DID. Yeah, that's what she calls herself. Like something like that. I don't know. 
but she literally has, I think, eight different people living inside of her. It's crazy. And it blows my mind how she'll literally just, like, come to and be a whole different person, have an accent. I've watched, like, YouTube videos. Of, that like, stems from trauma as well. Of people. Yeah, because they do it. They literally break up different yeah. parts to, like, protect the trauma. Yeah. From it be interesting, wild. though. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they, they don't well, know they, what the other well, person they've did. Done, it's like being a whole They've done studies on it too. So they and have like, to keep a journal. And they have like, no memory. Today, there's like, you there's need so to many, go to sleep or we have to be at work at five minutes. Like, there's have, so many like studies on it too where like you're like one personality can be fluent in French and doesn't speak English. Oh, or be like, and they're literally like, let's like, watch Glass. That's such a bad accurate. No, a lot of people in the. DID community hated that movie. Yeah, it's not. A, it was such a bad representation of them because a lot of them are not violent in any way, and it made it seems them like every movie out. that that features DID is like the personalities are like evil or and that's for a lot violent. of mental illnesses though. Like a lot of media and movies always portray them like, as bad, as violent, and they're actually it's like 99. It's like high up their percentage. They're like rarely ever ever violent. Yeah. yeah it's it's really wild though like watching there's like youtube videos where like the actual like scientists are like talking about how they've like tried to study them too and like one of the personalities could be blind and they genuinely can't see but all the rest of them can and like your brain literally shuts off yeah literally shuts off part of your brain like Mm -hmm. they literally don't have access to it that's interesting how many abilities our brain has right yeah like if we could discover, maybe we could all speak all languages. Can you right? Imagine? Like, how, what does your brain hold that you don't have access? Well, that's to? like the people who have photo photographic memories. That yeah. was called. They can remember every single thing they've ever seen. Yep. Jeez. I I, I look at nice. someone's name and then I forget it in five seconds. Literally. Yeah, I call my guest name and then when they're in the room, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot <laughs> yeah. the name. Like I couldn't or imagine. I called them with the name that I had it previously. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. You know what else is crazy? Schizophrenia. Ooh. There's many types of schizophrenia. There though. is because mm-hmm. they have the audio ones where they only hear Paranoid. things. Paranoid. The motor ones. Mm-hmm. Motor skills when they are going catatonic state yes, and they that's just scary. don't move. For hours. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But I think we portray them the way, like, that they are uh, violent and stuff like that because we don't understand. And anything that is different than the standards scares us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So that's why, you know, the movies get created and have so many audience because it's interesting. for the viewers. Right. But then the perception gets created based on what they saw on social media. Mm -hmm. Right. So then they think everybody that has it is like that or resembles that and it couldn't be further from the truth. My uncle had schizophrenia and... He heard things, and he would mm-hmm. talk back to those things, and he would know they're not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, um, how a, crazy. And he was super intelligent, super intelligent. A distant relative has paranoid schizophrenia. Wow. So, like, she has always, like, from the time that it, like, surfaced, because it's not, it's something that sort of, like, lays dormant, and then one day it can either right. be a traumatic event, event that you know, brings it forward or not. Like some, sometimes it just happens. Um, she literally like started thinking like the FBI tapped their phones and that's like where it started. And then now like she does when she's not on her medication, she does hear people. Like, so if you're just sitting 
Like if he, she's the, in the room and you're all just sitting there like watching a movie, she'll just randomly talk to like somebody that's not there. Not to be funny in any way. I'm being dead serious right now because I believe people can actually see ghosts. Some people, how do they differentiate like somebody actually spe- seeing a spirit and somebody being like schizophrenic and seeing? I think that's why like... And I think there's like other symptoms that come with being yeah. a paranoid schizophrenic. Well, and like I think not you can watch things. brain waves. I think brain waves are like a big one too because they have a different pattern. I just don't think people see ghosts. Oh, we know. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Anna, know, ghosts are real. Anna. No, they're not. Yes, they, they are. are. No, they're not. Yes. Oh, there's the one spirit right in your house is going to be. Yes, this place is haunted. Okay. She's leaving. Oh, they're slashing your tires right now. <laughs> it's not the white Ford. <laughs> What's the, do we, yeah, I probably know he actually knows the number, but I know a lot of men also have eating disorders too, and they're a lot of the times not diagnosed with it or like treated for it because it's more of a, seen as like a woman not type my of. men. Okay. Well, I do know like there's like a decent amount of men and then obviously not a lot are diagnosed, but it is more women heavy because but of I the wonder, media. I don't, I no, I get I what also you're feel saying. Like it's something but I that think... men don't really talk about either. Yeah. Like, they're not like... Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, diagnose-wise, there's less, but then who knows what men are out there with right. eating disorders that right. aren't getting the help because yeah. of... So it's hard to say, the but... stigma and everything behind diagnosis, it. Diagnosis, like, it's definitely women-heavy. Like I, I wonder yeah. if, if you looked up the statistics, if there are more women who have, like, committed suicide from, like, a mental disorder than men. Or if it's the other way around because men go more untreated. I think men is higher. Really? Yeah. Yes. And men is actually like more lethal, like guns and stuff. And then women usually go out, oh, quote unquote, mess. quote unquote, the easier way, like pills or things yeah. like that. And I think that's just, just, you know, men being. No, I heard because women think about it and they don't want to leave a mess. A mental, oh, I think we are mentally stronger than men and we have that maternal instincts and that prevents us from actually committing suicide, as many suicides i think it happens more often to men but I also know it's men like, live on the edge and they are more crazy so i know it's like a huge thing in england too like like really? there's like a like a lot a lot of men in the uk kill themselves like between like specific age range like it's literally like Do they know they why have, it's all mental health related, but they don't have, they also think that it's something like that men shouldn't talk about or oh. men shouldn't have, or, you know, they shouldn't acknowledge. And then it, yeah. it, it Probably makes them feel worse. and they literally end up killing themselves. I wonder so, if people, yeah. cause isn't England, I don't know if this is a stereotype. Isn't it very like dreary too more? Then like yeah, it rains a lot. I wonder if the weather affects some people. Probably oh, do absolutely have weather. You, so absolutely. I wonder if people like who yeah. are like born seasonal in seasonal depression, like maybe? Washington State, where it rains yeah. a lot. I wonder if people born there, I like if there's a higher rate in states where it's dreary. Yeah, for people to be more like depressed. Absolutely. So because I guess that's even physically. When it's more sunny, you're getting more vitamin D. And that, you know, all it the vitamins, electrolytes, and everything else affects how your brain works. Yeah, I know seasonal depression is a thing. So, yeah, so we're the places where it's darker and, and... But I wonder, like, if you were born in that place, if you're just, like, used to it, like, you, that's your normal, 
instead of like let's say somebody who lives in California who moved there moves yeah to like Alaska if they would be like holy shit yeah Alaska <laughs> fuck that <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh my god no it's definitely yeah it's definitely something that I think is like a world it's literally just the whole world is on the same page with a lot of things I feel like there's some countries that you know have have done better with certain things I wonder which like, country has the least amount of suicide rate I wonder if it's like a country Finland really? probably somewhere like that I like wonder if somewhere where I wonder if it's somewhere that has like free health care if it's uh, the least probably. Probably. probably I'm I'm sure Canada <laughs> I would love so. Canada seems like such a great place. <laughs> Ten happiest countries in the world. <laughs> Finland number one, ladies. <laughs> it says the lowest according to this website. I don't know how accurate it is. The lowest supposedly is I. Do, I don't believe this at all. Let me go to more. What does it say? Morocco, Pakistan, and Iraq. I, lowest suicide rate? Yeah. Because they have so many other issues and it's probably that they don't re- go suicidal. No, it's probably religion. That prevents them that's, from doing yeah, it. That's true, too. Yeah. But a lot of Catholics believe that if you kill yourself, that you go to hell. Because that's murder. And Well, Cath- maybe because in countries like ours, like the U.S., we're a little bit more open but and I feel lenient. Like, I was going to say, I feel like With countries religion? that are Catholic, it's not really country-based. Yeah. Like, like you can... See. Like, there's it's Catholics so all over. Whereas I feel like, you know, like I the Muslim religion, religion is probably heavy in that country. I don't think it has to do with religion. I think it has to do with the culture and I think it has to do with what is going on in the country. So like Iran and Pakistan, they constantly have issues as a country. So they're constantly fighting there and there's something constantly going on that they're just fighting for it. Don't think about being suicidal. I was in Finland, and literally, they are happy people. So this is the countries with the highest suicide rates are. Oh my God! What is the saddest country in the world? South Sudan. Russia's number three. For what? Yeah, Russia's so highest. Russia's yeah. rough. Lithuania's on there. I can't pronounce the other countries. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's so many countries. There, there are 196. Now I want to go to every one. Even the scary ones. Even Russia. The best quality of 2020. Best, best quality of life. Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pack, girls. Let's pack. Is the border open yet, guys? I know our COVID rates are going up, but we want to come travel. <laughs> You're feeling any type of way. Please reach out to somebody. Yeah. Um, we should probably put a trigger warning in front of this episode, by the oh, way. Oh, we will. Yeah, I'll yeah. put it in the description. 1-800-CALL-ANNA. Um, no. Please I will don't, help don't, you. No. Don't. No. Anna will tell that, you. That number, that number will not call this Anna, and I don't know what Anna it will call, so please don't call that number. <laughs> Hell no. Don't call her. No, if you are feeling uh, suicidal, depressed, filled with anxiety, dread, just any sort of mental illness no you're not alone oh you can call the national suicide prevention lifeline at 800-273-8255 yeah please reach out i don't have that memorized and if you're a guy extra reach out like you too especially you this is 
This is for the girls, the gays, the <laughs> yes, men, the, the gays. gays the Everybody's children, included here. Under 18, over 18. Everybody. Yeah. If right, it's guys. really bad, you can always move to Finland. <laughs> because oh they... You love Finland. It's but we rigid. have money. Number we'll one Finland advocate right yes. here. It's rigid social safety network, culture of trust, high quality <laughs> education, and a strong commitment to general, uh, gender equal, equality. Equality. Wow. Speaking equality. of a good country, I'm just going to end with this. This might not even be in it. Um, I think it's weird thinking about, because you're saying like safe countries. There are places in the world where people don't lock their doors. And I think it's weird that it's such like mm-hmm. a... You just, that's something you do before you go to bed. You just lock your door. And there's places they just don't. Like, that's so weird to think that's any, why are you locking your door? You're subconsciously, like, prepared for something bad to happen. For somebody to come in. That's wild to me. I just thought about that. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Catch us next Monday. Talking some more shit. Maybe. (laughs) Chug your mimosa if it's not finished yet. Yeah. Or go get another one, bitch. Finish it on your own. We're, we're here to advocate for self-love and enjoying time on your own because that's good. We'll Ask see your you. friends how they're doing. Yeah. You haven't talked to them in a while? Ask them. Tell your mom you love them. We you don't have any friends, you can call me. I'll be your friend. It's not 1-800-ANNA. Don't call that number. <laughs> but don't FaceTime her because she doesn't want you to know who she is. <laughs> you won't find me on social media either. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.